I want to take a little bit of time tonight and talk to you about something that we've, we've talked about before, uh, but it's just too important, and it's one of those things that we've got to keep coming back to, and it is intimacy with God, the importance of intimacy with God, not just being religious, not just knowing about God, but truly having intimacy with God. And one aspect of that intimacy, and let me explain intimacy, okay? Intimacy is safe. It's uh, warmth. You're fully known and fully loved by God. And it's so important that we have that with God, that we're not, we have the fear of the Lord, but we're not afraid of God's presence. And actually, he's given us access to his presence. Three basic needs of every human being. See if you remember these. I won't, I won't quiz you on it. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with others. Self-worth. If you're going to be healthy, if you're going to grow, if you're going to be fruitful, you're going to have to have intimacy with God. You've got to have intimacy with others. And again, that's just, don't make that what TV says intimacy is. Don't make that what the world says intimacy is. It's, it's safe. It's warm. You're fully known and you're fully loved. You've got to have people like that in your life. Y'all hear? So intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and self-worth. How many of you know that the enemy of your soul works against number one, number two, and number three? Right? Because if he can... If he can block those things in your life, you won't be healthy. You won't be, you won't grow. You won't be strong. You won't be fruitful. And you know what? You won't be able to help anybody else be strong or healthy or fruitful. So we continue to push on in those things, walk in the light that he would give us in his word so that we can, and I want to major on this, intimacy with God. Because if you really don't have intimacy with God, you're never really going to have true intimacy with others. And you're going to have a real warped sense of what self-worth even is, okay? Let's look in Second Peter. Y'all with me tonight? Second Peter chapter 1, and we'll read verse 2 through 4. Grace and peace. Those are powerful. Everybody say grace and peace. Grace and peace. How many of you want grace and peace? Come on, I'm taking an order here, so. All right. Grace and peace, but what's this? Be multiplied. How many of you would like it? Multiplied. Okay. Multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge, notice that word again, of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, say that's me, exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I don't know what they're talking about, corruption in this world. I have no idea what that's talking about. Um, Let's read the same passage in the message. Grace and peace to you many times over. As you deepen... In your experience with God and Jesus, our master. I love that. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know, watch this, personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. Can you say amen to that? We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you, your tickets to participation in the life of God after you've turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. So I love the way that that phrase is talking about knowing him. And that brings out of the 
the original meaning of that word of knowing, you know them intimately and personally. And, um, you know, it's like your own children. You know your children. You know their smell. You know, sometimes I'll hug one of my kids. I'll go, oh, my puppies. You know, I just smell their head. I'd know them anywhere. I could go in a room, you know, and, and, and they smell good, okay? But you know, you, you know their voice. I can tell their walk. I know who's going up and down the stairs at our house. I, I know which one it is. I know when my son Joshua, he's in Nashville right now doing a, uh, an internship. And uh, I know when he's home. I know when my daughter Elisa's home. They all walk different. They walk, you know, fast or heavy or, or whatever. We, we can just tell. You just know. You just know. I can be in my office and hear people coming around the corner and maybe they're carrying their keys. I know when my wife is coming. I, kn- I know her keys. I know this thing. And you know, that's, that's part of intimacy is fully knowing, being fully acquainted and familiar with. Are, are you all with me? And, and loving. And so we need to have this intimacy with God. Now, I said something uh, in some prayers on Sunday in service, and I, I want to kind of launch off of those uh, into what we're going to talk about tonight. And these things were already, you know, in my, in my heart and in my research here, too. We're always asking God to do things for us. How many of you ask God to do anything for you today? Okay. We're always asking God to do something for us, to fix something for us. Y'all got anything you need God to fix for you? Okay. Uh, to help us with something, to change something. To, we're always asking to, to do, to fix, to help. And you know what? He's willing and able. Aren't you glad he's willing? Aren't you really glad he's able? He's even given us promises concerning, uh, I'll help you with this. I'll fix that. I'll do this. I'll redeem this or whatever. He's done all of those things. But we're always asking God to fix something, to do something, to help something. And what I want to present to us tonight for us to think about a little bit is, and while he's willing and able to do that and promise to do that, to do, to fix, to help. Can you imagine that sometimes God really only just wants to say something? That maybe he just wants to say something to us. And I want us to travel through this a little bit tonight here. Um, He's omnipotent. Do you know what that means? All powerful. He's omniscient. Do you know what that means? He's all knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present at once. He's omnibenevolent. He's good. Uh, he's all those things. And so, and he's the only wise God. I think that he knows, he knows more than we know. Amen. And he knows what's best for our situation. And we always know that with, with virtually every situation, there's a God part and there's an our, our part. And yet I think we spend too much of our thinking, our prayer, our energy on God, do this, God, fix this, God, help this. And I think we need to make room in our life for God, what do you say about this? And, and allow him to speak into our life. Most people are real good at asking God to help. Now, let me just insert something there. Some people don't. And the Bible says you do not have because you, you do not ask. So you need to ask. You know, I catch that all the time in my life and, and in, you know, ministering to somebody, just talking to them about such a, well, have you prayed about it? Oh, no, 
Maybe you should. Maybe you should because the scripture says you do not have because you, you do not ask. But most people are good about asking God to help, to do, to fix. And think about this. The more pain there is in the situation, the more pressure there is about the situation, the more broken or, or brokenness or dysfunction there would be about the situation, I find that the, that means more volume, more intensity, more frequency in our asking him to do something, to fix something, to help something. I mean, even though when there's more pressure and more pain and, and, and more at stake, you know, you're lifting up that prayer louder, faster, more fervently and so forth. And so we're good at that end of it. We're good at asking. But how good are we at listening? So I want to look at listening tonight because look at, look at me tonight. This will change everything. This will change everything. If we can really get to the place where we're listening to God. Now, the problem rarely is uh, us having said enough to God. I don't think that's the problem. The problem more is that we're not listening. I want you to listen to this next statement and we'll mess with this just a little bit. Listen carefully to this. I tried to word it the best that I, that I can here. Most things that can be avoided could have been avoided if we had listened. True or false? Most things that could be avoided could have been avoided if we had listened. Now, just think about in your own life, you know. Your mom, your dad, a teacher, a coach, or somebody. Don't run with that. Don't use that. Be careful. Slow down. And we didn't. And we made a mess. We crashed. We cut something. We burned something. We broke something. We spilt something, right? Because we didn't what? Because we didn't, we didn't listen. And I want you to think about it again. Most things that could be avoided could have been avoided. Now, go to your life. Stop thinking about anybody else, Okay. Most things that could be avoided could have been avoided had we listened. So that brings up a series of questions such as, why did I? Why did I buy that? Why did I borrow that? Why did I say yes? Why did I do that? Why did I go there? Why did, why did I, whatever it would be. And a lot of times we'll find out that there were warning signs. There was the voice of God. How many of you know that God is not silent? Did you know it's the nature of God? It's innate in God to make his voice known to you. We didn't get into it in our Good, uh, our good Shepherd series, but he said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. He speaks to us and we do know his voice. Listen to me. You might be here tonight and say, I I don't. You do. If you're his sheep, you know his voice. And another voice you will not follow. You say, but I've followed other voices. But this is the thing. You know his voice. And if you recognize his voice, you won't follow that other voice. And so what we've got to do is get clear on how can I hear? How can I know God's voice and listen to him because there, how many of you, let's be honest, let's back up a little bit. How many of you, there's some things that could have been avoided that you wished had been avoided and you know, it could have been avoided had you listened. 
Okay, I'm going to look across, okay. All right, good. We had the wave going. Did you see that? All right. Now, let's go back to the idea of intimacy. For intimacy with God or with anybody to exist, there has to be communication. There has to be communication. Communication, by definition, is two ways. So there's talking and there's listening. Y'all here? Husbands and wives, you're to have intimacy, and that's in a whole lot of different levels. Okay? And it must have communication. I think that's the basis of all intimacy, of warmth and closeness and safety, is communication. The biggest problem in marriages and relationships is not all the other ancillary things. It's communication. I had a phone call with a a gentleman the other day, and um, he's in another town and everything, and he had a situation, and, and he was upset, and I've known him for a long time. He's known me for a long time. He could have and was to a degree uh, upset with me on some things. And so we just talked. And we're brothers. We're Christians. And so we talked. And he said, wow, okay, I see that. So do you see this? Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. And you know what we had? We had good communication. Let me give you a little principle here. Good communication permits progress. Good communication permits progress. Say that with me. Good communication permits progress. And we got to a place in our conversation, in our communication, where I could just say to him, what do we do now? And so, who are we? We're brothers. We're brothers in the kingdom of God. So what do we do about this? We, we go toward peace. And see, good communication permitted progress there. And so when I hung up the phone, we both had assured each other, you know what I'm going to do next time I see you? Now, you may have had some other conversations, but you know what I'm going to do next time I see you? <laughs> we, we just both, and it was genuine in our hearts, bro, I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to smile. We're going to laugh like we always do when we see each other. Yeah. And you know what that is? That's good communication permits progress. Well, husbands and wives, friends and neighbors, whoever, whoever it would be, you've got to have good communication. And good communication is two ways. It involves talking and listening. How many of you know we're all good at talking? Okay, and then sometimes it looks like we're listening, but how many of you know we're not? No, no. How many of you know we're not? And we've got a lot of things to help us not listen anymore. Your computer, your phone... Are y'all listening? You know, there's, there's a million different things that can just distract us. I, I, uh, I came home today. I had, a, uh, I had lunch with my stepdad, which was, was just precious time. And um, I came home, and Alicia had been doing things and with the kids and with some friends and so forth. And so we had really not gotten to talk. She was leaving the house at about 6.30 this morning. I was leaving a little bit before 7 this morning. And so we didn't see each other until like 1 o'clock. So this morning, it's like, hey, how was your night? And blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we went our way. But then we got, and then she wanted to fill me in on something. And I just, I just stood there and leaned against the door while she was talking to me. And I just listened. I just listened. And you know what? It was so good. And then I could interject now and then. But we always feel like we've got to talk, don't we? 
It's like first graders. You know, if you ask first graders, how many of you, and before you even say what it is, oh, you know, because they just, they just want to say, and we've got to learn to listen. Somebody say amen if you're listening tonight. So if we're going to have intimacy with God, we've got to communicate with God. We're good at calling on God. Please help me fix this. Help guide, bless, do something. But I'm convinced he wants to say something to us. So part of what we're going to do before we even leave here tonight is we're going to take a moment and we're going to invite God. We're going to invite God. You personally are going to invite God. Lord, I want you to speak to me. Begin to speak to me. And I'm going to be willing to listen. Now, I want to give you some things to help you to listen here uh, before we go along with this. Now, remember that listening is vital to communication and communication is vital to intimacy. Did you get that? Listening is vital to communication. Communication is absolutely vital to intimacy. No one understood this better. Nobody practiced this better than Jesus himself. And so we're going to find that Jesus had both habit and priority. He had practiced priority. He had habit that showed His priority was this. Now, look at me. Alone time with God. And that's what I'm talking about. Alone time with God. Pastor, you've talked about that before. I'm going to talk about that forever. Because that is where it happens. Everything else is connected to that. But if you you can have all the other pieces and players in place. And if you do not have intimacy with God, you do not have alone time with God, it is not going to work right for you. Now, God in his mercy will help you as much as he can. But I'm, I'm telling you, your peace level, your joy level, your clarity in life, your ability to, do, to connect with a lot of other things are going to be related to alone time with God. And nobody understood that better. Nobody practiced that better than Jesus himself. Let's look at a couple of scriptures on this. And, and, and let me just say this too. Because this is a big point because this is the biggest excuse. You know, I would spend time alone with God, but I have so much to do. How many of you know that's stupid now that you hear it out loud? But how many of you know we think that all the time? You know, I really would just simmer down and and spend time with God and focus him, but I have so much to do. Do you not think that Jesus had a lot to do? Could I tell you one of the things on his to-do list? Save mankind. Okay, that was one of the things on his to-do list. Let's look, look at a, just a couple of passages here. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. You out there? It says, at evening. Everybody say, at evening. At evening when the sun had set. So, you get the picture? They brought to him. This is at the end of the day. They brought to him all who were sick. Now, how many of you know that they did not have medical care quite like we do? How many of you know this was, does not mean three people? This is a bunch of folks. Are y'all here? Okay. Brought to him all who were sick. And you ready for this one too? And those who were demon possessed. Now, how many of you know that it's after dinner or it's dinner time? And they're bringing you not only a bunch of sick folks, but demon possessed. You go, you know, I'm going to take... A dozen six folks and the rest of y'all is tomorrow, okay? <laughs> see, see the receptionist? We'll, we'll get you signed up for this. Brought all of them. Watch this too. And the whole city. <laughs> was gathered together at the door. How many of you would hide? <laughs> Here's what he did. 
Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Next verse, no pause. Now in the morning. Everybody say in the morning. How many of you know that if it was already after sunset in the evening and he healed many and set free, bless you, and, and set free many, and the whole city was there, how many of you know that did not take 21 minutes? We're talking about late. He had to TiVo stuff on TV. He was missing because, because of this. Now in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight. Did you, did you see that? He went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with, with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everybody is looking for you. Now look what he did. He'd healed people. He'd set people free. The whole city was at his door. Late night, what did he do? He got up a way early in the morning. Everybody say way early. way early. He got up way early in the morning. He went out to a solitary place and he prayed. He did what? He prayed. He got alone with his father. And then when Simon and the crew showed up, you know what they essentially were implying to him? What are you doing out here? We have so much to do. Okay? Now keep that in mind. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. Verse 45, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat. This is right after a huge miracle feeding the 5,000. That was just 5,000 men, okay? So there's, well, if just a third of the guys are good looking or, or kind, then they've got a girlfriend or a wife, okay? And then some of them had kids. Anyway, scholars think this was probably 10, 12, 15,000 people, but they numbered the men. So it was 5,000 men. Immediately after this, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he'd sent them away, he departed to the mountain, help me, to pray. He again showed his priority, time with God. Look in Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, verse 15. However, the report, he just healed a leper. I mean, he's just all, done all kinds of things. However, the report went around concerning him all the more in great multitudes. Great multitudes came to, together to hear and to be healed by him of their, his, of their infirmities. So there's more to do than ever. There's more opportunities. They're literally on a roll, the ministry is. More and more people are hearing. More and more people want to be healed. More and more people want to come and, and, and see him and hear him and be touched by him. And there's more and more needs. But here's what he did. Verse, verse 16. More and more to do. Everybody say, more and more to do. Verse 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and he prayed. Now, it has been said, and I heard this probably about 20 years ago, and it means a lot to me. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. Now, a lot of people just focus on miracles and miracles and miracles and miracles and miracles. But watch what Jesus did. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. What was vital to Jesus was that time alone with his heavenly father. 
Jesus valued, I'm going to go ahead and say this, Jesus valued and prioritized alone time with God over the needs of people. He valued his alone time with God. He valued that over opportunities. He, he valued that over uh, promoting the ministry and, and all of those other things because he knew something. He came, get this, he came to do the will of the Father. Jesus said that. I came to do the will of the Father and follow this because of the way he versed this uh, throughout the Gospels. I came to do the will of the Father and this is what's implied. And if I don't know it, I can't do it. What did Jesus say? I only do what I see, present tense. I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I, what I hear my father saying. And, and so the miracles that took place, his direction, his clarity, his power, his anointing, all of those things, they came out of that alone time with God. It all came out of that. And so Jesus modeled that for us. And you go, well, I'm not Jesus and I don't have all those things going on. Um, could it hurt your life? I maybe expect it would help your life. Let's hit just a few more things and then I want to wrap this up tonight. Learning to listen will bring intimacy to the relationship. It will make it relational. And this is about a relationship. Listen, nothing transitions routine and religious into relational better than listening. And we've got to make sure that we're listening to him. Now, this might upset you just a little bit. Actually, it won't. Um, Please don't respond outwardly, okay? But I'm just going to ask the question as if there's somebody here tonight, this would be them. That you're not as close to God as you once were. Okay, and I know that all of you are never been closer ever, ever, ever in your life, okay? If you've ever been closer to God, hear this. If you've ever been closer to God than you are right now and you've drifted at all, then either either you never established this in your life or you drifted from doing this in your life. And it's this, that alone time with God. You hear me? If you've ever been closer to God than you are right now, you either never established that alone time, God, uh, alone time with God as a, as a priority in your life Or you've drifted from it. Because I'm going to tell you, if you stay, that is a priority in your life. You're only going to grow. You're only going to be stronger. You're only going to have a a deeper intimacy and and walk with God. It has to be more important than work. Here's probably one of the bigger problems. It has to be more important than sleep. It has to be more important than chores and critters and hobbies and habits and every other thing. It has to be more important. It has to be a priority. And one of the things about this alone time with God is it doesn't always feel urgent. How many of you know that everything else feels urgent? I feel it all the time. I fight it all the time. You get up in the morning and and I'm going to recommend that in just a moment. You get up in the morning and you're spending time with God How many of you start to feel other things pulling on you? Oh, you know what? I've I've got to go do that, and I've got to do that, and I've got to feed the critters. Uh, Oh, and I I need to make a a to-do list. And I've got, oh, you know what? I really should go do this now before I forget. Am I the only one? Come on, y'all with me? And so you've got all these other things that are trying to show themselves as what? Urgent. Urgent. 
Let me tell you that alone time with God won't always feel urgent to you. But it's absolutely vital. Don't miss this. It's absolutely vital to that relationship with God. And once it becomes urgent, now the relationship's in trouble. And so what we have to do is avoid that by staying uh, continuously as a habit and a priority to spend alone time with God. Let me, let me just share this with you and then I'm going to wrap this up this morning, uh, this evening. Mornings, look at me for this, you won't like this part. Mornings are best. I'm going to recommend morning to you. Pastor, I'm just not a morning person. Yeah, and I've noticed you're not much of an afternoon person either or, <laughs> or evening person. Mornings are best. I think you can listen better to the one voice before the world around you and you gets noisy. I think you need to give God the first part of everything anyway. Pastor, I'm already getting up early. Yeah, Jesus, he he did that too. I got to work hard. And, And I'm telling you what. Uh, how many of you like to sleep in? How many of you are really good at it? You know? And it's amazing. Teenagers, man, they have a gift. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I can't sleep in. I just can't. I can, I can get up and go back to bed later, but I just, I just can't. But you know what? Listen to me. There's something I just, I hunger anymore. I'm, I'm a junkie. I've got to have that. I, I just wake up any, anyway. And, and God will help you to do it. Do you think if you spent a little extra time with God and got up a little early to do it, do you think he might would make it up to you somehow? Maybe energize you a little bit? I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Do you think, you think he, he might do it? I know he will. He will grace your life. He'll energize you. And so I want to suggest to you, and if you're not doing this already, I'm going to do a little bait and switch here. Just give him 10, 15 minutes as a starting place. Because after a while, it won't be enough for you. And what you're going to have to do, don't take it away from any other thing except maybe something worthless. Because you have real deal things you've got to do. I understand that. You know, there's a certain time in the morning that if... Alicia's dog, I mean, um, our, our dog is not <laughs> fed and cared for. He sings a really weird song. It just, it's just, it's scary. There's things you've got to get to. I understand that. And so where can we in our budget of time? Because everybody's got the same amount of time. Did you notice that? Everybody's got the same amount of time. 24 hours a day. 24 smackaroonies every day. That's what each of us get. And you're going to have to carve out some time. And I want to tell you the first part of the day. Mornings are best. Oh, I'm better. Mornings are best. And here's what you do. Just give back to God. I'm going to close with this. Just give back to God what he created. You. Time space and then invite him speak to me 
And I dare you to get up just a little bit early. Give him time. Give him space. Don't tell him, Lord, you have 53 seconds to speak to me. Leave a message. Give him some time. Give him some space. Get yourself centered up. Bible open in the lap because that's the language he's going to use. That's going to confirm anything he would say to you. And get familiar with his word and then you'll know when he speaks to you too. And just give him some time and invite him. Listen, invite him. God, speak to me. And sometimes something warm and almost electric just kind of comes into me that I know he said that to me. And sometimes I'm writing things down. And sometimes I have these aha moments. It's like, whoa. And sometimes I just weep. And sometimes I'm not sure just what happened. I don't know what he really said to me, but I know that he put something into me that later surfaces into my heart and into my mind and into my understanding. It's like, wow. But there's never, ever, ever been a time where I've got before God and given him some time and space and said, Lord, speak to my heart that something hasn't happened or something hasn't begun in that moment. It's the missing link in our intimacy with God. It's the missing thing that's going to help us so often in our day because we We're always asking him to do and to help and to change and to fix and to move and all those things. And sometimes he wants to just say something to you. And when God says something to you, and you probably won't hear it with these ears. You're going to hear it deep calls to deep. The still small voice, the whisper of God into your spirit. It will surface into the other areas. It'll make all the difference in your life. But you've got to give him some time and space and yourself. Amen. I want to do this. I'm only going to take about a minute, minute and a half. That's 60 seconds, 90 seconds. We're not trained in this, so you know what? It typically feels like a long time. I'm going to have Tommy just play for a moment. And what I want you to do, and then I'm going to kind of cap it off and, and, and pray and speak on all of our behalf. I just want you to take a moment and just kind of practice for a moment. And just say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. And, and I'm inviting you to speak to me. And I'm going to start to give you time and space in my life. Would you just take a moment? Because you, look at me, listen to me. The biggest thing bothering you right now. Hear, hear me, everybody. I feel, I feel something on this. The biggest thing bothering you right now in your life. The biggest challenge in your life. God has something to say about it. God knows the answer. He wants to say, it's his very nature to try to say something to you. And we need to invite him to do that to us. Would you just, just kind of center in with the Lord real quick this morning, this evening?
Father, tonight, each of us, we invite you to speak to us. We know that you already have been. And forgive us all the times that you tried to warn us. You tried to guide us. You tried to help us in some way, say something to us. And we're too busy and too cluttered. And we missed it. Help us to not miss you speaking to us. We invite you, God. And we commit to you. We're going to give back to you what you created us, time, and space. We're going to set apart time that we get away from things and noise and make it a priority of our life to just be alone with you. And I thank you, Lord, that as we show up, you'll show up. As a matter of fact, you'll already be there. So help us with this. Because we're really good at a lot of other things and we're not real good at listening. Help us. We see the need. We know the importance. And we want this. But help us, God. So we could truly be your sheep that know your voice, that hear your voice, that follow your voice. And I know, God, that for any and every situation of our life, you have something to say about it. You're never going to speak contrary to your word, so help us to be students of your word. That that's part of our daily diet, intake of and exposure to the word of God so that when we know the voice of God to confirm those things in our life and Lord I just thank you in advance answers are going to come healing will come things are going to be avoided and averted and we're going to be more healthy and more fruitful than ever before as we grow in our intimacy with you we commit this to you with your help. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 Stand together and I just want to pray over you and then we're going we're gonna to leave tonight. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord tonight. Father, we've come tonight to lift you up and to listen up. And we thank you for your precious people and all that you've done and all that you've begun tonight. I declare the blessing of God over your people. Surround them with favor and protection and peace. Give them all a good night. I declare that they're blessed in the city. They're blessed in the country. They're blessed as they come, as they go, as they rise up, as they sit down. They're the head. They're not the tail. They're above only and not beneath. And we're redeemed. We're redeemed. We're forgiven. We belong to you. We're safe in you. And I thank you, God, you're so faithful and so patient and so strong and so loving and able and kind. 
and your eye is upon us and your spirit is within us and your angels surround us and the family of God is always just an arm, arm reach away. And God, I just thank you for the mighty work that you are wanting to do even more than what we've ever seen. Do that work in us. Do that work through us. Help us to be brave believers. And thank you, God, that your kingdom is established in our life and through our life and around us. That you would receive glory and honor and people would see you in us. Give us a great rest of the week. Bring us back for an incredible weekend. Put somebody in our heart that we can help to invite or bring with us. Lord, this is too good. This good news about you is too good. We do wrong if we keep it only to ourselves. Help us to share that. Help us to be salt. Help us to be light. Help us to be sugar. And give us a good rest of the week. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Thanks for coming tonight, y'all. God bless you. You're dismissed. Peace.